0: Good morning, everyone. It is great to see everybody. Thank you for joining us as we conclude our Majestic Series. I trust it's been an encouragement to you, working through the names of God. And I trust our worship together as well as communion was a blessing to your heart. So we got to partake in that together because it's now May. And uh, here we are in May, and we're looking forward to that spring weather. We're also looking forward to our spring-summer series uh, but we have a series to conclude today, majestic. And we've been talking about this under the umbrella of incorporating into our prayer life. And it was the disciples that asked Jesus, How should we pray? And he says, How about you start like this Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And we've been focusing on the names of God. The first, first week we got into it, we got into L. All right, the mighty one, our God, creator God. And we work through El Eyalon, El Olam, El Roy, and El Shaddai. We have golf balls up here explaining the size of God and how massive and how great the creator God is. How many of you before the series would have seen Ellen and not quite be sure what those names meant? Now you can just go right through them and go, oh, I love that name of God. We jumped into the Hebrew names of God, specifically Adonai, Yahweh, and Jehovah, and we saw how those all work together using the tetragrammation of YHWH and including the vowels of Adonai, you get not Yahweh, you get Jehovah, if said correctly in the language. And that's why Yahweh and Jehovah can be used interchangeably. And so we spent a few weeks uh, just doing that intentionally, using it sometimes Yahweh, sometimes Jehovah. It's okay to do either. And we studied out some of these names of God: Yahweh Shalom, Yahweh Shema. Yahweh Sabaoth, Yahweh Nisi. We even continued in talking about Jehovah, Jireh, Rapha, Sinkinu, Rahi, Mekadeshim, and including those names and knowing what those names mean into how we view God and how we define God because unintentionally and sometimes intentionally, we create our own God. My God wouldn't do that. Well, my God, this, or we do this intentionally, and say, I wouldn't want to serve a God who. We need to know who God is, and we know him through his names. But there's another name of God that, if not included in this series, I think would go, woohoo, hello. I know one author has referred to this name of God or this person in the Trinity as the forgotten God, if you will. And so what is this one? What is this name? Well, it is the third person of the Trinity known as the Holy Spirit, also known as the Holy Ghost in the King James Version. And then you also know him as his name or his, his, the definition of his name, the helper. I love that what an incredible name, The Helper. It's scripture that teaches us about the Holy Spirit, not our experiences. It's scripture that teaches us. And the more we know what scripture says about the Holy Spirit, the better not only we'll know how he works, but the better we'll be able to To see and experience his working in our life. And so today we're going to do a dive into the Holy Spirit to know him better. Would you pray with me as we finish our series, the names of God with the name Holy Spirit. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you for a chance to sit under your truth. Lord, we crave your word. We love the Bible in this place. We know how good it is and how good it is for us, how it corrects us and stirs us towards righteousness. And I pray today that you would use this time, remove all distractions from us, Lord, so that we can focus on what you have for us and specifically as we speak of the Holy Spirit, our helper. Help us today to know him better in Jesus' name. Amen. Now here we are in John 14, 26. We're going to dive right into a text where Jesus talks about him. He says, but the helper also could be translated the comforter, the Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in my name. He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. This Holy Spirit, this helper, it also can be translated this comforter. Who loves comforters? I love comforters. We got an extra cozy comforter at our house. I, 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 I remember going on trips with our parents and, and my sister and I, we would get blankets in the back for the long trip. We, we would not bring shoes sometimes in the back cause we gonna be there for a while. And it's great for about eight hours. Then it's not so great, right? And then you're going, dad, how long? Now, back when I was in high school, back in the 1990s, okay, um, 1900s era, uh, we didn't have GPS and we didn't know what time. So we would say, dad, how long? And we get things like 10 minutes, almost there. Y'all were liars back then, you know that. (laughs) You lied to your children. You can't do that anymore. You go, we're almost there. No, I just checked Google, Dad. We are not almost there. That is a lie. Ah, that's right. Comfort. Who doesn't want comfort? You know, this past week, I kind of had a living illustration with being around comforting people. It was later in the afternoon, and our youngest son came home complaining of a stomach ache. And my wife, you know, was nurturing him and told him, you'll be fine. And we got done dinner, it it hurt worse. And hey, don't worry about it. Just take some meds, maybe some Pepto, things like that. Kept getting worse. And I thought, you know, maybe we should take him to the ER. He doesn't need, don't say that, he doesn't need that. He'll get fixated on it. It's like, I'm thinking this is getting worse. All right, I know it's gonna happen, my wife says. She goes, we're gonna take you to the ER, it's gonna be nothing and we'll be home. I bet you an Amazon gift card. I said, huh, may we take him? She's like, yeah, okay, we take him. We take him in. And uh, the doctor comes back in about half an hour later. Yeah, this, this has the looks of like acute appendicitis. He's gonna need to get his appendix removed. And, and it wasn't long after that. My son lay in there after some, some good meds have gotten into him. He said, Mom, can I see your phone? I need the Amazon app. <laughs> spent the next couple of days in the hospital this past week. And I got to watch a pediatric ward in action. And I tell you what, for all of you medical folks, thank you for what you do. It was so cool to watch how they cared. And and I've heard my mom was in nursing for plus 30 years. And she said, there's something special about that pediatric ward. They really love working with those kids. Uh, Maybe not the parents so much, but they (laughs) love. I got to hear things like, hey, don't worry about it, you're in the right place. You're good. I got to hear things like, hey, you're gonna be okay. Do you need anything? I got to hear things like, hey, where exactly is it hurting? Ah, yeah, okay, right there. I got to hear things like, I'll ask the doctor if you can have that. Sure, I'll do that for you, I'll be right back, I'll ask. I got to hear things like, hey, um, How can I help you? Look, look, let me get your legs there. How can I get you there? I got to hear things like, hey, I'm with you all night tonight. So if you need anything, let me know. You too, dad. If you need anything. Well, actually, I was looking at them. Whatever you need, let me know. I'm going to be with you all night. You know what? All of those words are so what? Comforting. Surgery comes, hey, I'm your anesthesiologist. What do you play? You play some sports? Okay, in a couple weeks you'll be playing, but not until then. Encouragement, energy. We're gonna be fine. Hey, I'll tell you what, mom and dad, I've got this. We've done this a million times. We know how this is gonna go. There are some things with everything. You just heard just incredible encouragement. And at that same time, I was studying the Holy Spirit And I got to witness comforting words all around me as I was bathing in scripture about my comforter. So I'm excited to share with you today about the helper, the Holy Spirit. From the perspective of how much your heavenly father, how much the son of God, and how much the Holy Spirit want to minister to you in your time of need. And if we don't have an understanding of this, we could be left alone with our thoughts that are more the shamer and the, and the accuser and the liar instead of the comforter that the Holy Spirit wants to be. Where do I learn about this one-on-one relationship with God that is the relationship we have because of the Holy Spirit? Where do I hear about this? Well, well how about from Jesus himself? Okay. And it's found in the gospel of John. Jesus tells us about the Holy Spirit. He tells them about these things that are coming. In fact, it's, it's intriguing. I'll read the first few verses to you. Jesus is talking about these things. Now, what are these things? These are things that are about to happen. And one of them is he is going to die, resurrect and go away. Scripture says, I did not say these things to you from the beginning because I was right with you. But now I am going to him who sent me. And none of you asks me, where are you going? Shouldn't one of you say, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. And Jesus drops a bomb on the room. He says, it's better that I go. I go. Who wants to argue with him right now? I think it's better you stay. Who wouldn't want to walk around with Jesus? Who wouldn't want to hear from Jesus? Who wouldn't want to be taught by Jesus? Who wouldn't want to take communion with Jesus? And these disciples have that kind of relationship with him. And he says, guys, I'm leaving. None of you were even asking where I'm going but I'll tell you something. And he says, I tell you this, the truth. I tell you this, it's a verily, verily statement, okay? In seminary, you would learn any verily, verily, any I tell you the truth means this is true and it deserves an amen or an agreement. It's not a maybe, it's a totally and it's a lock it down gonna happen. He said, verily, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Jesus, you're gonna send a helper? I'm gonna send you a helper, guys. Whoa, what is this helper? Well, my scholars in the room might be going, oh, that's the paraclete. That's the the Greek term for the helper, where we translate it to English, the helper. It can carry the idea of a defender, someone who comes alongside and will defend the disciples. But he can also carry the idea of a prosecutor, specifically for unbelieving sinners. And scripture talks about him even more in verse eight. Jesus says, and when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. He breaks it down. Concerning sin, because they do not believe me. Concerning righteousness, because I go to the father and they'll see me no longer and concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. Do you see the three-part concerning? The word means regarding, okay? It carries the idea of that because of this, he will do these things. And if you're really in tune with this and you're watching this with me, you'll notice a past, present, and future aspect to the Holy Spirit's convicting work on the world. The Holy Spirit does the job of convicting somebody of sin, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. The Holy Spirit does the work concerning righteousness. There is none righteous, no, not one. How could this happen to good people? There are none righteous, no, not one. But I consider myself, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Concerning judgment, there will be a day. Of judgment. And the Holy Spirit does these things. We don't need to share the gospel with some agenda like, I got to get somebody saved. We don't have to do that. That's the Holy Spirit's work. However, if they don't hear the gospel, how can they believe? And so it is our responsibility to share, but it's not our responsibility to convince or convict. The Holy Spirit will do the work. I had a young girl come to me one time and say, my mom's telling me I gotta get my grandma saved before she dies. I'm like, whoa, that's a lot of pressure. I know you can't do that. I'm thinking that too. Okay, let's talk to mom. We can't do that. Now, if you get an opportunity with your grandma, but take yourself off the hook, that's the Holy Spirit's job. I would encourage you to be praying that the spirit concerning sin and righteousness and judgment begins to convict that person. And Jesus says, oh, I still have many things to tell you, but you cannot bear them now. And when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you in all truth. Who wouldn't want to guide Have you ever gone through an experience in your life, be it a museum or anything like that, where you had a guide versus you were on your own? Having a guide helps us navigate life. For he will not speak on his own authority, Jesus continues, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. What's going on here? Jesus is saying, there's going to be a time where the Holy Spirit's going to come and he's going to guide you guys. He's not going to speak on his own authority. He'll speak from the words of God and he'll glorify me and declare it to you. Well, when? It was this day called Pentecost. How many of you are familiar with Pentecost? you know what the word means? It means 50th. It's the 50th day after Passover. And it's the time when the Holy Spirit would come. Jesus told him he would come at Pentecost. And so they were gathered around in one place. They were waiting for the Holy Spirit. And then scripture says, with wind and fire, it came down, filled them with the Holy Spirit. They were given the gift of tongues and they were able to speak in known languages. And they spoke to the people and they said, we all hear in our language. It would be like all of a sudden I get the ability to speak in French and everyone understands it in French. It was unbelievable. And they spoke and they heard and they were able to prophesy and able to write down the words of scripture. Because remember at Pentecost, nobody has the New Testament at this point. And so they're going to be inspired by this Holy Spirit to write the New Testament. And they were able to do these miraculous healings. I mean, one of them was Apostle Paul later, okay, after he was converted on the road to Damascus. Remember, the boy fell out of the window and God was able to use him to heal. And we saw these miraculous gifts during the apostolic age, understanding that Pentecost and the filling was for those apostles there as the Spirit was Introducing and commencing the church. Now, my goal today is to talk about the Holy Spirit as a comforter, not a sensationist versus continuous aspect of the miraculous gifts. If you want to know our church's position, you can watch the third session of our pioneer series. But you'll know we believe these miraculous gifts for were these were for assigned gifts for these apostles that they were able to do these things and any gift that is attributed to someone now that we go, if it weren't for them, I wouldn't have this. We really raise red flags with that for we see that these were gifts given for that specific time period for them to grow the gospel and the church, the apostles. He came at Pentecost. We don't need to call for him to come again. He indwells believers. And what we know today he's doing is all in scripture. And that is, His work. Do you know the work of the Holy Spirit? Do you know how he's working today? Scripture's not cloudy on the subject. In fact, it's very clear. One is in the aspect of regeneration. You're regenerated by the Holy Spirit. You're indwelt with him at the moment of salvation. That's why we don't have to say things like Psalmist David said, Holy Spirit, take not thy spirit from me, it's not going to go. It indwells us. Scripture tells us in Titus 3, 5, he saved us. I'm sorry. There, there it is. 1 Corinthians 12, 13. For in one spirit, we were all baptized into one body. Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, all were made to drink of one spirit. We were indwelt with the Holy Spirit, and he now resides in us. We were renewed by the Holy Spirit. It's one of the ways we're renewed day by day. It's by the Holy Spirit. He saved us, Scripture says, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy by the washing of regeneration and the renewal of the Holy Spirit. You're renewed by him. One of the reasons you can pray, Lord, renew my mind. You can pray, Holy Spirit, renew my mind because he's the one who's going to be doing it. The sealing of the Holy Spirit. At the moment of salvation, you're indwelt with the Holy Spirit, you're renewed or regenerated by the Holy Spirit, and you are sealed by the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 1.13 says, In him also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promise of the Holy Spirit. I hope you don't take that for granted. I hope you see the truth, that at the moment of salvation, you've received the Holy Spirit. He's indwelling in you. And he goes with you wherever you go, and there's nothing you can do to lose your salvation. Why? Because you've been sealed. Have any of you ever seen wax seals? They're pretty cool, right? I just happen to have one. Now over here, I wanna, I wanna show you. I, I have a friend, Kyle, who was a pastor here for years. He introduced me to wax seals. He liked to put them on his envelopes. And, and so what I, I did is I, I got a kit. You can get these kits, they're awesome, all right? And so you got your, your wax sticks in here, you've got your little, your, you got your, okay, I can't even get it out, okay? This is what you put the wax in and then you've got your, your candle here, okay? So we're gonna do like, like a little chemistry work here today. All right, let's hope this works. Now in my pocket I just happen to have one of these electric lighters. Have you ever seen these? These are awesome. OK, if you're sick of losing matches everywhere, just turn that baby on and we're going to start this up. OK. All right. Now we have fire inside the church. That is scary, but we're going to work with it. OK. Now what I do and I'm a rookie, I'm a rookie, so don't judge me. Um, this is how I do it. OK, I take I take this and I just stick it over the flame. OK, and I start heating it up and then I take the wax and I put it in there and this takes about an hour. So just relax. <laughs> no, it doesn't it doesn't take that long, hopefully. Please don't take that long, okay? Now now it's it's heating up. I'll tell you when I see liquid, okay? I, I don't see any. What they do is they get the liquid here, and they get into a liquid state, and then, it's awesome, they put it on the envelope, and they'll seal the envelope with the wax now, it's starting to fill up now, okay? So so it's getting getting goopy and hot and all that good stuff. I'll show you a little bit. Like, ooh, it's getting goopy. I want to get a good amount here because I want to put a good old stamp on this thing. All right, I got enough wax, okay? I'm going to bring it over here. I'm going to lay it down. And I didn't have enough. <laughs> look at that, look at that. All right, right, let's, let's get a bunch in there. Let's get a bunch in there. And now I'll take it and pour it. Anybody see it pouring? Starting to? Here we go. All right. I'm going to put it over here on this side because first service, we already already dripped some on here. All right? Oh, yeah. Goop it in there. We're getting all this wax in here. Okay, and then what they do is they take their imprint stamp, okay? Now, mine says H for Heller, okay? And they press it on there and they pop it off. And what you have, and there's a second seal on this from first service, if you're all sealed up, and you can't pull it off, and it looks cool, all right? This is a great craft. Make sure your parents are home, though, okay? Um, but but they, it's all sealed up. Isn't that cool to think about that we're put in Christ, we're put in the envelope at the moment of salvation. The Holy Spirit indwells us, and then he seals us So for any of you who got saved at camp, you came to know Christ as your savior at 16 years around a campfire, and you may have asked him to save you 70 more times since. Relax. At the moment of salvation, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit, and you can't get out of the envelope. All your past, present, and future sins are forgiven, and you're sealed by the work of the Holy Spirit. And to say you could lose it is to argue with one of his purposes, Because sealing, especially in the time of scripture, was a reminder of ownership. It was a reminder of completion. It was a reminder that this was sealed for a purpose. And it is secure. The Holy Spirit at the moment of salvation indwells us. The Holy Spirit at the moment of salvation regenerates us. And the Holy Spirit at the moment of salvation seals us for our future. But he's also involved in the sanctification process, a big word that means growing closer to become more like Jesus Christ. Did you know the Holy Spirit being a person in the Trinity has emotions? Really? Yeah. Scripture tells me this, that I'm not to grieve or or quench him or grieve him. Let's start by quenching. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Don't grieve him. The idea here is don't make him sad by doing something that's not best for you. Don't grieve him. Have you ever pictured the Holy Spirit crying because you refuse to obey something God's called you to do? Don't grieve him. He doesn't want to see the enemy come into your life and kill, steal, and destroy it. And it makes him sad when you listen to him or follow his wicked schemes. It makes him sad. But scripture also says, don't quench him. The quenching's interesting. It's in 1 Thessalonians five nineteen. The idea is don't quench him. Don't blow out his work in your life. Have you ever prayed and the Holy Spirit's kind of tapping on your door? Hey, you need to forgive that person. Heavenly Father, I come to you so glad I'm not like that guy over there. Excuse me? Fortunately, there's nothing wrong with me and everything wrong with him, God. I mean, we've given illustrations like by Jesus about that. How many times have you gotten that subtle knock on your door while you're praying that you haven't dealt with this? And if you tell that spirit that's working on you, it's time we deal with this. No, I don't want to, I don't want to forgive. I don't want to let go of that rebellion. I don't want to stop doing that. Scripture refers to that as quenching or putting out that flame of the Holy Spirit in your life. And I can tell you something, once you do it once, sometimes it can get real habitual, and you start doing it a lot to the point where you don't even wanna pray anymore. And when you're really quenching the Holy Spirit, you most likely won't even wanna listen to worship music. Don't be shocked. When you choose a path, okay? that you won't want to do some of the things you know you should be doing. Don't be surprised. Don't be like, I can't really believe I don't want to do that. There's a chance that you're quenching the Spirit's work. And, And it continues in the process of sanctification. The Holy Spirit wants to fill us and do not get drunk with wine, Scripture says, for that's a debauchery, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Should, should I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit? Yes, but we need to understand what this filled means. You know, the word is in passive command, which means it's something God wants to do. It's more of us yielding to God's work than calling for more of him. I got all of him at the moment of salvation. It's letting the Spirit that indwells me control me by pouring his influence into my life instead of pouring other influence in my life. I want more of him. Now, i got to clear off my illustration because I have a second one. Have you ever seen the illustration of filling something up? Of course we have, right? Let me put this down here. i got a cup here. Let me pour a basin out here. I just happen to have one. It's my super salad basin, and I, and I got a cup here. Now, isn't it interesting in our life we fill ourselves with many things, don't we? Let's just put that. I'm gonna be sloppy scientist today or something like that, right? We fill ourselves with many things. Sometimes we can lean into to things that aren't necessarily good for us and we, we put them in there and it starts to pollute what we got going on. And maybe, maybe it's a decision. We go, I, I'm gonna do this instead of listen to God and, and, and we begin to, to pollute things in our life. And, and sometimes things can even get a foothold in our life and they just seep through everything. And we continue to fill ourselves with it, with our musical content or our video content or our thought life goes crooked and this stuff just starts to fill it up. And sometimes, sometimes we just get flat rebellious <laughs> and we get that red hot in there. And I, like, so I say, okay, okay, you go, man. Right, And then we start tuning things out. And so often we'll come to church and we'll hear like what we shouldn't do and the Holy Spirit starts convicting us of the sin in our life. Hey, we need to deal with that. Child of God, don't listen to condemnation. You, there is no condemnation for those in Jesus Christ. So don't, don't listen to, shame on you. What's wrong with you? You're a terrible person. You're evil. You're, you're, you're a loser. You're a failure. That, you don't listen to that. Holy Spirit's going, come on. We got this. Let's get through this. We got to deal with that. We both know we got to deal with that. That's our thing. Let's go. Let's work on that. And when we resist it, we quench him. When we resist it, we grieve him. But so often we look at this and go, I got to stop doing this. But you've gotten in such a bad habit, you, got, you keep filling yourself up with junk. Can I propose, instead of stopping, how about you turn the table and start filling instead? Jump into the Word of God and let it seep into your life. Let that Holy Spirit begin to fill you by surrendering what He wants to do. And He, by adding more, drains out that garbage. And He purifies our life as we submit to Him and His will for us. So often we get caught up into, I can't do that, I can't do that. Well, yeah, that's true. And when, God, when the Bible says don't do something, it means don't hurt yourself. But the Holy Spirit, when I'm focused on scripture, I have God's word hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. The Holy Spirit in those moments where I'm being tempted will pour that truth into my life as I'm filled in him, as I'm praying, as I'm putting on the armor of God, and I will see that life purify as I move forward with what God has for me. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Are you filling yourself up with the good things of God to drown out the bad things that get filtered in so often? The Holy Spirit's not done, he empowers us. Did you know that? He empowers us for ministry. He's given each one of you in here a gift. We talked about the miraculous gifts for the apostles, but what about the gifts that maybe many in our church are showing all the time? The gifts of the spirit are many. We have lists in scripture. There's a variety of gifts, but the same spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. They all come from him. Some of you have the gift of teaching. Holy Spirit's given to you. When you teach, oh, you bless the church so much. You bless others. Our gifts are not for ourselves. Our gifts are never to say, I have this and you don't have that. Our gifts aren't so we go, we have to go to him to have this gift work. Our gifts are meant for the church and for the edification of the church. They're for others. They're never for self. And part of the gifts of the Spirit is the gift of encouraging. If you have the gift of an encouraging, you're an encouraging person, could you talk as much as possible in our church? Maybe not during the service. But after, if you have the gift of encouraging, talk as much as you can. We need you, okay? Write as many emails as you can, okay? If you have the gift of giving, thank you for your gift of giving. There are some people that are just extra, incredibly generous with what God's given them. Maybe you have the gift of leadership. Maybe the gift of mercy that scripture talks about. Just have incredible mercy on people and treating people better than they deserve. The gift of helps. Some of you have the gift of discernment. Some of you are married to or have a parent has the gift of discernment. It's like they always sense a rat, okay? Or or something that might not be right. I can tell there's a problem with you. No, you can't. Yes, I can. I don't know if they have that specific gift, but these are gifts that Scripture talks about. It's the Spirit that gives them to us. How about the fruit of the Spirit? How do you know if you're walking in the fruit of the Spirit? Well, the fruit of the Spirit is obvious. It's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And against such things, there's no law. Nobody's ever gonna make a law against any of those things. You're never gonna put up family rules and go, there is no joy in this house, there's too much of it. You're not gonna make a rule like that. Sweetheart, that's too much patience you're showing with me. We need to make a rule against this. There's no law against this because these things are beautiful and wonderful. Now. I used to live on property, and going down to the church, we had stepping stones, okay? We didn't have the big sidewalk that there is there now. We had stepping stones, and when I would go to work, I had been working on the fruit of the Spirit message I was preaching, and so I said, for the time of this series, every stone step I'm going to take, I'm going to say the fruit of the Spirit. So if you have stepping stones at home, you could do this. But so I would go out the door in the morning, and I would go, okay, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy peace. One was like over here, (laughs) patient, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. But what I started to do, it was interesting is I asked the spirit kind of prompt me where I need work that day. So I would start out love, joy, peace. I don't have any peace right now going to work. And I just stayed there. Lord, I need your peace today. I'm thinking about this. I'm worrying about this. And then I go on. If you watch me, it was weird, but I only did it for one series, okay? But then it went went, went, love, joy, peace. Ooh, I'm good. Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness. I know about that meeting coming up, and I need to be gentle. It was an incredible reminder for me to walk in the steps, we're told of Scripture, of the Spirit. Walk in step with Him. And I would do that. Now we moved on and now we have staircase to our basement. We have at the bottom of our staircase, the fruit of the spirit. And it still gives me the opportunity to take each step of the staircase and step with the spirit. Have you ever heard that phrase, keep in step with the spirit? You ever see snow tracks made by dad as he's walking through and the little kids try to keep in step with dad. It also carries the idea of keeping up with Have you ever jogged with somebody? You say, no, I do not jog. Okay, walked. And they walk fast and you're like, you can't keep up with them. It carries the idea of keeping pace too. Everybody has somebody in their family that walks too fast, okay? Everybody. Like you can go to an amusement park and there's one person in the family, you know? They're like, all right, come on, come on. And see, it's me, I'm the one in the family. And I swear my wife walks slower when I walk faster. If I'm like, come on, let's go, it's like, Come in, we're coming, and we just just, just offset each other very well, right? And sometimes, isn't it interesting how the Holy Spirit wants to go into something faster than we want to sometimes? Come on, let's go, let's go, let's go. (laughs) Or it's very difficult sometimes to keep in step. That's why the Holy Spirit prays for us when we're struggling. Likewise, the Spirit, he helps us in our weaknesses. For we do not know how to pray as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes. That means prays for us with groanings too deep for words. Keep in mind, the groanings too deep for words are not our groanings, they're his groanings. And he's groaning for us when he sees Chris going through something that he can't even know how to pray for. Parent, you ever been there when your kid's struggling with something? I don't even know how to pray. I listened to a pastor who was overwhelmed with a trial in his life. He said he walked to the window. He wanted to pray. He knows how to pray. And he got there. He said, I don't even know how to pray. And so all he said was, Lord, you know. You know. It's those times where we see the scripture saying the Holy Spirit digs in for us and prays for us. That's why he wants to guide us. But I say walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh for the desires of the flesh are against the spirit and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh for these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. Ever do something and go, that's not, Lord, you know this isn't who I want to be. You know I didn't want to be on this website, Lord. You know my heart. And that Holy Spirit's going, we don't want to be here. We don't want to be here. My flesh that I'm living with on this side of the earth, I keep kind of leaning into it, and I quench the Spirit sometimes, and I grieve the Spirit, and I hear him knocking, going, we don't want to go that way. May I keep in step. May I let him guide me. How many of you love navigation in your car? How many of you can't drive anywhere without GPS? I mean, you've gotten so stinking dependent on that thing. You can't even drive over to your mom's house where you know she lives without putting that in and seeing how far and if there's possible traffic. I am a red line avoider. Are you like me? Red line, I'm going this way. My oldest son says he loves it. He just puts it in, just follow the blue line. It takes you where you need to go. I can tend to argue with my GPS. That's not the best way to go. No way. And I'll sometimes go right past the road it tells me to go. Hmm. Have you ever turned it off because it's annoying you? All right, stop talking to me. I have heard people say, enough out of you. It's guiding you. And we sometimes even argue with the guide. Isn't it good to know in this illustration that full, totally breaks apart, Okay. And when the Holy Spirit's guiding us and we willfully, willfully say, I'm not going that direction. We're sealed with him. It might grieve us that we didn't turn where we were asked to turn because we knew that road could be scary. We didn't turn where we were asked to turn because we knew we might have to deal with something if we turned down that road. We didn't take that path because we want the straighter, easier, simpler path. And if I go that path, I'm going to be all over the place and then this is going to happen and this is going to happen. And isn't it good to know you have a God who simply will say sometimes, rerouting, rerouting. That wasn't what to do, but I'm not going anywhere. Rerouting. I think it's so important for us believers that we know how to decipher between the voice of the liar and the voice of truth. We need to know how to decipher. I call this section as we get applicable here in the closing. Is that you? Is that you, Holy Spirit? We hear stories of guys driving through the city and feeling prompted to go buy milk. They just follow the prompting and go buy milk and get back in the car and feel a prompting to continue around the city until they come to a house. And I'm not going to call the guy a liar. He said, I come to the house and I go, this is the house. I just walk up and rang the doorbell. I felt like such a fool. He said, I'm sorry. I feel like I was supposed to give you milk to watch the mother bawl her eyes out going, we've been asking God to show up. We have nothing and our kids need something to drink. And you just felt the need to bring me milk? We hear stories like that. Many of you have been in a horrifying moment of your life and a friend reaches out with a text and you go, oh, you have no idea how timely that was. Some of you have felt the prompting to reach out to somebody and, and, and they say, you have no idea, I was actually just praying about calling you. And when we sense that, we go, look, look, the spirit was prompting me. He was knocking on my door. But see, the enemy sometimes can knock on the door too. So we got to know the voice of truth. Some of you are already singing, casting crowns in your head. <laughs> Scripture says this, Romans 15, 13, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. Do you know what the word literally means? Abound means to overflow. The idea of the word abound means that you might abound. Oh my word, look at all your hope. That's the same idea, abounding in hope. I'm making a mess, Mike. The voice of lies, you'll hear things like this. You're unwanted, you're shameful. You are defeated. You are not able. You are doomed. I've had people say to me, just crying for help, going, Chris, no, God's kind of telling me it's over. I said, whoa, 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 who? God's telling me it's over. There's nothing impossible with God. That's not him talking. When I'm praying, I just feel like I'm such a loser. Well, that's not God talking. That's not the Holy Spirit. If you want to hear the Holy Spirit theologically speaking, and putting it through pneumatology and putting it through what we know about the Holy Spirit, I'd stop saying you and I'd start saying we, because he's with you wherever you go. I would replace some of those lies with the voice of truth. You are unwanted, we know that's not true, the Holy Spirit would say. Unwanted, you are sealed, chosen, beloved, and indwelt. You have Jesus Christ, unwanted. Who's lying to you, the Holy Spirit would say. You are shameful, we know you're not perfect. Trust me, all of us here in heaven know you guys aren't perfect. There's nobody perfect. I just want to be perfect for you, God. We're not asking you to be perfect. We're asking you to trust. Don't listen to the lie. Don't listen to that lie. You are defeated. We know we got to get back up sometimes. Let's get back up. You are not able. We know apart from Christ, you can do nothing. You know that verse? I'm bringing it to your mind. Apart from Christ, you can do nothing. We know we can do this. Not you. You can't, but we can do all things through Christ, right? I'm doomed. Wait, 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 wait. You're told in God's word, you're an overcomer. Can I bring that to your remembrance? The Holy Spirit say, we're gonna overcome this. We're gonna get through this. But sometimes we get such a habit of listening to the voice of the liar, we mistake that for the voice of truth and that's not how the voice of truth speaks some of the ways i determine when god's leading me holy spirit is that you i remember specifically a couple years ago really feeling led to to preach the daniel book of daniel and I just felt like God was going to call me to a time period where I might need some strength and difficulty. And I really felt led to preach the book of Daniel. I didn't read a verse that said, Chris, you should preach the book of Daniel. So what do I do? I run it through my filter. One, is this, is this idea I'm coming, does it conflict with scripture? I didn't think preaching the book of Daniel conflicted with scripture. If you got a thought in your head that conflicts with scripture, that's not the voice of truth. That, can it be affirmed by other believers? I'll take it to our leadership team. Hey, what do you think about this? I'm leaning this way. I think that's great. I'll pray about it, but let's get back to the next week and let's confirm that. that yeah, yeah. And then can it can it be fruitful for the church? It's not about me, but is it fruitful for others? I gotta run it through my filter. Because in those moments, the Holy Spirit, when he's guiding you and he's leading you, the helper, the Holy Spirit, scripture says, whom the Father has sent you in his name will teach you all things and bring to remembrance all I have said to you. When you hide God's word in your heart, in those moments of anxiety, in those moments of stress, in those moments of resentment, in those moments of anger, when they're trying to cripple you, and we all have fallen prey to that, including the guy on the stage, we need that voice of truth to tell that voice to shut its mouth. Child of God, he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. And he's not nervous about what's going on in your life. Have you ever seen this meme? I love this meme. Look at this meme here. Is that that great? There's you. I've got a job offer. I'm not sure I should take it. I don't know which college to go to. I'm never going to make it through school, right? And the Holy Spirit's like, let's go! How bad do we need that? You guys, when I personify the Lord as best as I can with the theology that I believe is in scripture, it's always kind of well-received when I act out a shepherd or I stand over a little person like I'm God the Father. Look how big God is. But what about the Holy Spirit in those moments where you're on the couch and you're just sitting there terrifiedly discouraged? You ever been there? And all you hear is, how could you do that? You're such an idiot. Look what's happened to your life. You know what everyone thinks? They think this. Have you ever been there? I mean, it is the worst. You're not gonna be able to control this. You know what's coming for you. It's only a matter of time. Hands shake, palms get sweaty. Isn't it good to know, child of God, that right there in that moment next to you, you could choose to turn that voice off and turn on the Holy Spirit who comes alongside, Scripture says. He knows I'm hurting. Where's I hurt, right? It hurts in my heart. I know that, I know that, I know that. I'm not going anywhere. I feel like I'm all alone. Don't you listen to that. I will never leave you nor forsake you. You know that scripture. You know that verse. See, the more verses you know, the more they're gonna come in your head and combat the lies of the enemy that you must take captive or they'll cripple you. Hey, let's keep going. I can't go anymore. I'm going with you. Come on. I'm such a failure. That's what God thinks of me. He thinks I'm a failure. You know that's not true. We both know that's not true. You make mistakes, let's get back up. I'm going with you. Come on, let's go. I can't. I can't go. Get in a car, you can get in car accidents, Holy Spirit. You know there's car accidents. I'm not just making that up, that's not a what if. These things happen. There. Well, I was gonna go with you. let's go. Come on, do you know what God has planned for us? Come on, we gotta go. What does he have planned? Come on, great things. Great things planned for us. I just, okay, okay, I'm going to try. All right, all right, here we go. Come on, let's go, let's go. Here we go. We're not going? I'm not going. Now picture the Holy Spirit. (laughs) I'm praying for him. I'm praying for him. He doesn't know how good you are, God. I'm trying to remind him grieving him let's go that's how i picture holy spirit let's go chris come on this is gonna be great and i'm giving him all these just calm down we're gonna go right up here gonna go left i'm not sure that's the best way okay i'm coming <laughs> oh my oh my word oh my word. hey i know right how many of us give up right right before our breakthrough how many I know I'm tempted at times. I pray this majestic series has changed your heart and changed your life. I pray we've opened up your eyes to how great your God is. I pray we've opened up your eyes to how awesome his names are. And I pray we've opened up your eyes to God the Father, a great, awesome God. God the Son, the Shepherd who loves his sheep and the Holy Spirit. Let's go. There's nothing to fear, God, who will sit next to me even when I'm weak and go through all life's battles with me to be my comforter. Next time you lay in a bed and pull up a big old comforter, thank the Holy Spirit for his work in your life. Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus to die for my sin, but thank you, Jesus, for leaving and sending the helper, the one called alongside, speaks the voice of truth. But Lord, if we're not in your word, if we don't know the scripture, that's what he illuminates to us, that's what he speaks into our lives. We need to know the life-giving truth so he can bring them to our remembrance but even in those times when we don't know the truth, thank you that the Holy Spirit is there praying for us, interceding for us, pulling for us, and going with us, and even sitting next to us. Lord, you've called us to so much more than fear. May we go into the future knowing that we have the helper and the comforter right by our side. Amen.